are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome in to this Friday edition of the Locked On Louisville podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. It is game day in the Ville. The Louisville Cardinals will host the Central Florida Golden Knights tonight at 7.30 at Cardinal Stadium. And what better way to prepare for the game tonight than a full preview pod? So in the first two segments, we will identify three key players to watch for both teams. And in the last one, we will give our final thoughts, predictions, and all the other good stuff. Before we get into the content of today's show... Like I said, for those who are not aware of who I am, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credentialed media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a football beat writer and a recruiting analyst. I also do some PA announcing work for the university in sports like lacrosse, field hockey, baseball, soccer, etc. You can follow my personal Twitter page at dpence underscore, and the podcast Twitter page, as always, is lo underscore Louisville. want to give a quick shout out to the Locked on ACC podcast. Hosted by Candace Cooper, there's no better avenue to get all of the overall ACC news than that podcast. Be sure to check that out on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Let's dive right on into the show. We'll begin with the Louisville Cardinals identifying and analyzing three key players to watch in this matchup against Central Florida. And I gotta be honest, I I hate doing this when it comes to identifying key players because I think it's lazy. I mean, obviously, you'll say Dalton, the quarterback, is definitely the most important player to watch on the team. I get it. Don't get me wrong. But when you take context into account and realize that Malik Cunningham has not played up to expectations through the first two games of the season, some of the woes that the offense has been struggling with has been his indecisiveness and hesitancy in the pocket and just not feeling comfortable with his reads, missing wide open receivers, and losing yardage at times as well. Now don't get me wrong, he is doing a lot of great things. He's an exceptional athlete that's making a lot of plays out of nothing in terms of getting up through the defense and scrambling out for yards. But at the end of the day, the cards are going to need him to be an efficient and effective quarterback in this game just because of how Central Florida tends to score points it definitely could end up being a shootout. And honestly, if it's a shootout, that probably bodes well for the cards because that means the offense has started to kick it into gear. And when you look at what's wrong with this offense starting out so slowly, there's a a handful of different factors. I'm not blaming this on Malik Cunningham, but he does play a part in it. I, I don't think, you know, he's been very comfortable with his reads in the first two games, you know, for the most part. Um, being hesitant on those reads as well and his progressions and just overthrowing and underthrowing guys, you, you know, more than desirable. So I don't think it's without a question the fact that Malik Cunningham is probably the number one key player coming into this game. And uh, spoiler alert, Dylan Gabriel is going to be a key player for Central Florida. And I think that that's kind of, it's not going to be like this every week when we identify key players. Like I mentioned, I don't like identifying quarterbacks as the key players because it should be a given. Obviously, the quarterbacks are going to be key players to watch out for. But when you look at this respective game and what's on the line, um, they both are key players for different reasons. We'll talk about Gabriel in the second segment. But in terms of Malik Cunningham, the offense is going to go as far as he's going to take them. I think if he starts clicking, it not only opens up the passing game and um, extending drives, but it also allows 
the running game to be able to take some of that pressure off their shoulders. Teams can't stack the box, and if they drop eight back and Malik is still showing out, I think that the, you know, the Cardinal offense would be starting to get going. So Malik is the first key player to watch. The second key player is Yaya Diaby. He was one that I pinned as a key player against Mississippi. Brian Brown confirmed in his Wednesday press conference that you know Yaya's been dealing with some back issues, hasn't necessarily lived up to the early season expectations. Uh, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he only has one tackle throughout the first two games. Um, definitely a disappointment, but like Brown said, Diaby has been dealing with injuries. Definitely not at full strength, but he's starting to get there, starting to put those injuries behind him. So, you know, obviously it's actions over words at this point. You take everything with a grain of salt. But when you look at Yaya's potential impact on this game, I know that Ashton Gelati has been great. He's been exceptional. He has been exceeding the Cardinals' expectations for him. But when you you add Diaby, who is a player with one year of ACC experience, and, you know, obviously he didn't necessarily show out too much that one year, in 2020 but being able to have another year under his belt is huge for you know when able he's able to get back to health because you know getting up to speed was one of the things that he identified at media day as one of the things that really slowed down the overall learning curve for him so I think in this game getting after the quarterback will be critical I know that Central Florida is likely you know like the first two opponents going to utilize that up-tempo offense even more so than Eastern Kentucky, right up there with Mississippi in terms of overall usage of it. Dylan Gabriel is a quarterback that can not only throw the ball really well as a veteran passer, but also can get up through the defense and scramble, a sneaky good runner as well. So being able to put some pressure on him, and at the very least, you know, I'm not saying you know you have to sack him 15 times, but at the very least, what that does if you're able to create some pressure is it makes him go through his reads and progressions a little sooner and might be able to throw him off balance in that regard. So having a guy like Yaya Diaby return somewhat back to full strength, I'm not sure if he's back to full strength yet, but definitely getting that way, if you can get him going and allow that Cardinal defensive line to follow suit, I think it's it's a very big possibility of potential for the Cardinal defense that has been lacking the pass rush. I understand the up-tempo offense, but you know that's not an excuse for only having one sack last week against Eastern Kentucky and not much more pressure against Mississippi on Labor Day. So Yaya Diaby is number two key player for the Cards. Number three, and this is a guy that's not even starting, but I have been seeing some solid thanks from him the first two weeks. That's true freshman running back Travion Cooley. Um, I know Jalen Mitchell is the primary lead back, the feature back. Then you have Hassan Hall as the change of pace guy. But Travion Cooley had a couple carries last week. I thought ran pretty well, averaged 4.8 yards per carry. I know it's only like four to five rushes, but I think he's going to. I think he's going to have a pretty decent game. Uh, he's one of my players. I guess you could kind of consider under the radar per se. I think he's going to have. You know, there's going to be a key play to where he plays a, um, a, a big part in this game. Um, I'm not saying that something happens to Jalen Mitchell or Hassan Hall, obviously, because we've seen that Satterfield has been, you know, rotating three guys in. I think that Cooley is a player that is in line for more touches. I'd like to see him become a better receiver out of the backfield, but um, with the way Louisville's offense is set up, that, that might be um, easier said than done in terms of play calling. But... 
I think you know he's going to have a pretty solid game. I'm not saying he's going to cross the century mark or anything, but I could definitely see him having a couple big-time runs and um, just being able to overall help the running game that has really struggled to be able to establish its footing through the first two contests. So you know, Malik Cunningham, Yaya Diaby, and Travion Cooley are the three key players to watch for the Cardinals moving forward. There's a handful of other guys, some guys in the linebacking core. You can mention Kittrell Clark, guys on the offensive line, etc. So this is really, a, a am not saying a make-or-break game in year three, but it's a prove-it game, and there's some guys that I think are going to have pretty solid outings in this one. So we're going to talk about Central Florida and the key players in their system, but there is a key that you need to know in the nutritional world, and that is Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar out there. It has so many delicious flavors. Uh, when you talk to a Built Bar fan like myself, we are definitely passionate about our favorites. Cookies and Cream is hands down my favorite. I will probably likely not get any more of any other flavor um, until I just get tired of cookies and cream. But if you haven't tried all the flavors or you simply don't know where to start, you can get a mix box and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. But not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, the kicker is that they're healthy too. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, 130 to 180 calories. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the United States track and field team. So do yourself a favor, go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Once again, that's using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So the second segment, I want to focus basically, you know, flipping the script, going over to the Central Florida side of things and identifying three key players to look out for. I already mentioned one of them is going to be Dylan Gabriel, and it's going to be a little different than for the reasons of Malik Cunningham, because what Gabriel brings to the table, and um, for those who are not aware of him, he's a veteran signal caller who has over 630 yards in the first two contests, six touchdowns. I know it's Boise State. I know it's Bethune-Cookman that they're going up against. But at the end of the day, here's the thing. He's a guy that not only is able to read defense proficiently, but one thing that he can do is get up through the defense, scramble when he needs to, kind of like Matt Corral. And I thought we saw Matt Corral in a couple instances be able to uh, get out of the pocket when plays and pockets broke down and extend drives for the Rebels. That's going to be kind of the same tune that Gabriel is going to sing for the Golden Knights. Uh, I'm not saying he has you know the dynamic playmaking ability that Matt Corral has because Corral, like Brian Brown mentioned, is probably a Heisman candidate. But in regards to Gabriel, you know I wouldn't even really consider him a dual threat because I don't look at him as a guy who. You know, has a lot of designated runs, but could see him with more of those packages against Louisville and some RPO situations. But he's a key player to watch in this game. 
because I think that yeah, obviously the central Florida offense is predominantly going to go as far as he'll take them. And against this Louisville defense that is starting to try to put things together, uh, I think it's up to Gabriel to capitalize on the lack of pass rush that the Cardinals have been incorporating into the defense and just having to pick apart the the seams and, and uh, the, the pockets of space that the Louisville defense has been giving up in that seemingly contained style defense. So it will be key for him to be able to take what the Louisville defense gives him and just overall be able to capitalize on it and um, just see if they can put Louisville away early. I think that has to be you know the case. I would imagine there's you know going to be a good amount of people at Cardinal Stadium on Friday night. I'm not saying that Louisville has one of the you know the best home field advantages in the country, but um, that the atmosphere definitely can get electric. And if you keep Louisville around in this game and don't put them away early, um, I, I definitely think it could get a little hostile you know, in a healthy way for UCF tonight. So both quarterbacks are key players. It's like I mentioned, it's not always going to be like that. In very rare situations, will it be? But this case, the context calls for it. Looking ahead to the other two key players for the Golden Knights, both of these guys are on defense. Scott Satterfield talked about this one in his weekly press conference on Monday. Uh, you'll have to forgive my ignorance. Uh, I believe it's Kalia Davis. If I'm mispronouncing that first name, forgive me. Um, defensive lineman for the Knights, senior from Pensacola, Florida. Six foot two, 310 pounds, eight tackles on the season. Um, in his career, only three sacks in, th in uh, two years and two games of play. But um, with that big size, uh, really could do numbers for the Central Florida defensive line that has been able to stop the run pretty well early on. And um, one thing that you can't allow Louisville to do is to establish their run with the stable of running backs that they have in that committee. Um, you have to force Louisville into second and third and long situations. That's how you get that offense off the field and put your nuclear offense back on. Kalia Davis is going to be a player that um, I think Central Florida will look to get going early against the interior of the Louisville offensive line. And not to mention, I think that the Cardinal offensive line unit has not necessarily lived up to expectations. Um, Satterfield has claimed you know, they haven't necessarily played bad but there's a lot of uh, room for improvement. I think that this is a key opportunity for the Central Florida defense early on to be able to establish some pass rush, and they really have it in the first two games. So uh, if you're going to allow Malik Cunningham to sit in the pocket, I know that he, you know, it seems like he's in his own head. He's struggling to make reads. He's hesitant when he is making the reads, and when he does make the reads, sometimes he's over or under throwing his guys. But Statistically speaking, he is one of the most efficient quarterbacks when he has a clean pocket to throw in. So if you allow him to be able to sit in the pocket and dissect the defense, go through his progressions, and either get out of the pocket and run or be able to deliver a throw in a clean pocket, I don't necessarily think that's going to bode well for Central Florida tonight. Uh, so, you know, guys like Khalid Davis, I guess you could probably put the whole defensive line um Big Cat Bryant on that defensive line as well. The Auburn transfer. Ricky Barber, the Doss High School Louisville football native that uh, Jeremy Wallman, uh, Cardinal Sports on co-founder, uh, actually Doss football alum, wanted to come to Louisville very badly. Uh, there's a lot of guys on that defensive line that are extremely talented. Haven't been able to rush the pass passer that well 
in the first two games, which is somewhat alarming for the Golden Knights. But if they're able to get some stuff going and plug up the holes that the offensive line makes for the running game and cause some issues for Malik Cunningham and force him to throw on the run, could really be trouble for the Louisville offense. Uh, looking at the third key player, we're going to go to the linebacking core. Uh, you could make you know the case for either you know Bryson Armstrong, you know Tatum Bethune, or this guy Jeremiah Jean Baptiste gets the nod here. Junior, six foot two linebacker, two hundred thirty pounds from Florida City, Florida. Uh, Ten tackles on the season, three solo, seven assisted. Um, you know when it comes to this Louisville offense, containing Malik Cunningham is probably I would say the I'm not a coach and an opposing coach scouting the Louisville Cardinals, but I think if you watch the way they played last year, um, the first two games of this season, probably the number one priority is containing Malik Cunningham. Having a guy like Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste, um, I could definitely see him serving as a quarterback spy or at the very least you know, trying to disrupt you know, guys like Marshawn Ford lining up against him in coverage or you know, guys coming up over the flat like Josh Johnson, Amari Huggins-Bruce, Jordan Watkins, Braden Smith, etc. It seems like Malik Cunningham has utilized the field a decent amount when he has thrown the ball you know, well in the early season. So I look at him as a guy who... Could be a key to the Central Florida, well not could be, is a key to the Central Florida defense for a multitude of reasons. Number one, it's making sure that when Malik Cunningham does scramble out of the pocket, that you don't allow him to get big time yards. Um, also, I'm not sure who's going to line up against Marshawn Ford um, in the Central Florida defensive unit, but uh, Jean-Baptiste could necessarily be one of those guys. That's obviously a key matchup to watch out for. And then, and then another thing... Uh, yeah, if they are able to get the running game going, not allowing them to bust open big yards, just making Louisville work for their first downs, um, and be able to you know make Malik Cunningham you know continue to consistently make good plays because Malik's going to make big time plays. But what you have to do as the Central Florida defense is you know you have to force him to be consistent and you know have eleven play drives to where you know you're not you know scoring from 40, 50, 60 yards out and just forcing them to you know, continually play after play, make the right decision. So, um, you know, there's the three guys that I've identified as the key players for the Central Florida team in this game. We're going to talk final thoughts and predictions, not before we talk about an opportunity you need to know in the sports betting world, which you know I think sports betting has never been bigger than it is now. That's why you need to get affiliated with Bet Online. It's back. It's better than ever. Football is back on the gridiron to start another season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all of the pro and college football action. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. And Bet Online is overall your online sportsbook experts. All right, so the final segment of the week, we're going to give some final thoughts about this game tonight against Central Florida and give my prediction at the very end. So I think, you know, 
well, let's let's call it how we see it. This is a very daunting task for the Cards. You're you're going up against, in my opinion, like I mentioned on the Thursday edition of the show, a top three offense that you're gonna face all season, along with Mississippi and Clemson. It's it's Mississippi light to some people in the sense that you have you know not necessarily a dual threat quarterback, but a veteran signal caller that specializes in progressing his reads and reading defenses, but not only that, being able to get up through the pocket and make something out of nothing with his legs in Dylan Gabriel, uh, sort of like Matt Corral is for the Rebels. You have um, a wide receiving core to where not one player stands out, but they have you know a handful of guys that make up a pretty solid and balanced rotation as Mississippi has Jerion Ely, Central Florida's counterpart is Isaiah Bowser. Um, in a different light, Bowser, a veteran running back, transfer from Northwestern, a guy who reads defenses and defensive lines extremely well. So um, the Louisville defense, for lack of better terms, is going to have their hands full. And like Lane Kiffin, you have one of the more insightful and superior offensive mindsets in college football in Gus Malzahn. Um, and then, you know, the comparisons continue on the defensive side of the ball because, you know, you're, you have a defense that is still looking to prove itself to the nation. And not only that, but you'll create some consistency and identity for that defense. But there's some solid players, not only on the defensive line, you have a pretty solid backfield in the um, secondary where you have guys like Quadric Bullard, defensive back, that leads the team with 16 total tackles, which is pretty pretty awesome. Uh, and then you have, obviously, a solid linebacking core as well. So this is going to be a game where Louisville, well, I mean, we mentioned they cannot afford to start out slow like they had the past two games, or it could end up like the season opener where they're out of the game at halftime. Um, I think the Malik Cunningham has to be better with his reads. But uh, more importantly, I think the offensive line has to be better in protection. And the running game has to be able to get established as well because if you allow teams to just drop guys in coverage and also stop the running game at the same time, I'm not really sure how you're supposed to string together you know, a series of downs and uh, keep your uh, defense, not necessarily keep your defense off the field, but keep their offense off the field because uh, the Louisville defense is going to give up some yards. They're going to struggle here and there, but um, you have to look for them to bend but not break and uh, for the offense to be able to capitalize on the defense making some plays. I think that the defense is continuing to progress. The secondary is solid. It's just a matter of, number one, getting after the quarterback. Um, We talked about uh, the Louisville defense stopping the run. I thought that the Cardinal defense has been pretty solid in that regard. I held Jerry on Ely to, I think it was like 11 carries for like 36 yards or something like that. The leading rusher for Mississippi was Matt Corral. Um, obviously, Eastern Kentucky didn't have much luck on the ground. So it is pivotal that the Cards, you know, they're already going to struggle with Dylan Gabriel. They're going to have to find an answer to Isaiah Bowser as well and just limit, you know, the effect that he has on the game. But more importantly, when we talk about Central Florida's up-tempo style, them being able to dink and duck down the field, it is imperative that the Cards, number one, complete their tackles, you know, not allow, you know, the opposing skill players and ball carriers to break tackles and uh, get a handful of yards after contact because uh, there was a couple plays in that Mississippi game where you know some big games could have been negated if the initial tackle was made. But they also have to be able to cover the large pockets of space that have been there in every year of the Satterfield era. 
Um, and it seems like it seems like Louisville is so scared to give up the big play in the aerial sense that they just continue to just give up free yards to where a guy will catch it eight yards downfield and turn and be able to run for three or four. I'm not saying you know you know tactically things have to be completely transformed, but um, you're going to look for the the linebacking core and um, some of the outside linebackers, the safeties. You know the whole back seven are going to have a big responsibility of you know trying to shut down the middle of the field and between the hashes to make Dylan Gabriel throw the ball deep, throw the ball to the outside. Um, just put you know him in a tough position, and obviously that that goes with the defensive line too to be able to create some pressure to not necessarily sack him you know over and over and over. I, I think that they need to get you know Central Florida in some second and long situations to make life miserable for them. But not only that, at the very least, just try to just try to speed up Gabriel's progressions and his reads to make him throw it before he wants to and make him make decisions quicker. So um, personally, I think that this is going to be a game sort of like Mississippi, but not necessarily um, you know that drastic. I think the Cards are going to score in the first half. Hopefully, I mean uh, wishful thinking, knock on wood. But I think that Central Florida is going to hit the Cardinals hard. They're going to come out ready to play. This is a very disciplined and veteran-led offense. It's going to you know, come out firing. And I think that Louisville's offense isn't going to be able to do a full 180 in the first half and uh, keep up with Central Florida. Ultimately, I think the score is going to be 41-24. to Obviously not a result that Cardinal fans want to hear, nor do they want to see when it comes game time tonight. But um, I think that this Central Florida offense is legit. The defense is going to bend but not break for the most part. But at, at the end of the day, you can only do so much in containing that offense. And I think it's going to be one of those things to where the, the Cardinals aren't able to truly get going until the second half. And although they might not be out of the game when the second half turns, but you know they're not able to make up the ground as much as they need to. So I'm going to go UCF here 41-24. to um, you know, like I mentioned, I think Dylan Gabriel is going to be one of the better quarterbacks that Louisville has to face this season. I think Isaiah Bowser is, you know, a perfect running back to, you know, take on Louisville when you look at the opposition. So, um, hopefully Louisville is able to start out quick. The offensive line, the areas of improvement that we've talked about over this past week to two weeks are able to come to fruition and we start to see some turn of the tide and Louisville football be able to start to put things together in hopes to turn the season around. But this is a very pivotal game. Um, I've been seeing all over Twitter how some people think it's perhaps the most important game in the Scott Satterfield era so far. And I have to agree. Uh, 2019, there weren't really any expectations. 2020 was a COVID-infested year that a lot of people are, are scrapping, and rightfully so. So this season, year three, that has you know been coined as the money year um, with Satterfield and all that happened, you know, with the whole South Carolina saga, uh, people are calling for his job. You know, uh, flat and simple. Uh, this is a big game. I'm not saying it's a must-win game, uh, but for a lot of the fan base, it is because there has to be some urgency. And I think a lot of the tune of the fan base is going to be a result of how the cards look, regardless of win or loss. If they lose but look good in the process, it takes a little bit of the sting away. But um, obviously the schedule doesn't necessarily get truly that much easier because you do still have Clemson, Kentucky, NC State, Virginia, Boston College, Florida State still on the schedule. So um, this is a prime opportunity for 
Louisville to try to get back on the right track. So we talked about and identified three key players for Louisville, three key players for Central Florida, and gave our final thoughts and a prediction for Essential Florida win, unfortunately. Uh, before we get out of here for the weekend, um, be sure to check out the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. All that's going on over there uh, with, with that group that gives you great weekly Cardinal content along with your comic relief. Also want to give a quick shout out to the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get all the daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to wrap up this Friday edition of the show. If you're going to Cardinal Stadium tonight, be safe, have a fun time, celebrate accordingly. Most importantly, cheer on the cards. But uh, overall, have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. Go Cards!